Hello and welcome to the Downloadable Concept Podcast. I would like to announce that I am retiring from the podcasting industry, and with that in mind, I also would like to inform you that Talon Lee has been removed from retail. Thank you, Talon. And also, I would like to thank Foxley for helping me bully Talon all these many episodes. It's not always been a a fair job, it's not always been a well-appreciated job, but... It's always been my job. Wait, no, no, I've been hacked. Sorry, I'm not actually retiring. Uh, this is this is Jeb. I'm not retiring. Hi, hey, Talon, what have you been playing? <laughs> this this time, I've been playing a point-and-click adventure game by Wadjet Eye Games called The Blackwell Epiphany. Sorry. Dun dun dun. Yes, Fox. Wadjet. Wadjet. W a d j t. I was pronouncing as Wadjet. Wadjet, maybe. I'm. Okay. I don't know. I don't. I. I don't know how to pronounce uh, Egyptian god names. Yeah, very I'm. Well. I'm not good with that. Oh, now, is that what it is? Now, if you are one of the people mm-hmm. who, it's another name for Horus. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought it was an alternate. Wadjet eye is like the eye of Horus. Huh. I thought it was a, a reference to just widgets or, or fiddling around with things. Goes to show what I know. I learned that from watching an LP of La Mulana. Huh. It's all really interesting. I learned something today. Listener, maybe you did too. The game in question is um, one of the Blackwell series of games. It's the final. That's the name. Yeah. Um, Last year, you may remember, around this time, in fact, that there was a release of Grim Fandango, um, and that led to (laughs) some high-profile developers making statements about this will bring back point-and-click adventure games, and I... (laughs) <laughs> may have angrily shouted that they didn't go anywhere. <laughs> we may have recorded a podcast episode about it. <laughs> yes. We didn't leave you left. Yeah. Um, deeply incensed as we were at the time. Uh, this Note is that of... this predated the Sunshine Policy, so it was not an express violation. Yeah. This is, this is one of the reasons why. The Blackwell games are these very thoughtful, clever, point-click adventure games that... Uh, like the rest of the work that Wadget's been putting out, pretty consistently, they also put out the Shiva, which I mentioned uh, late last year. They are kind of... They put out Techno Babylon, which is one of the best games of last year, period. <laughs> yeah, which, I, which I've got lined up to play next. Definitely one of the best puns of last year. The, the, the gist of the Blackwell Epiphany and the World of Blackwell series is that you play a young lady, in most of the games you play this young lady called Rose Angelina, who is a socially anxious writer who wants to do a job that's very straightforward, but it turns out, no, sorry, uh, due to your family history of mental health, we're going to take you to the hospital. And, oh, look, turns out your family weren't having mental trauma. They were haunted by a ghost. By an actual, honest to God, you know, 1950s pinstripe suit wearing private dick ghost. And now, oh, Pikachu. and now your job is to find ghosts throughout the city of New York and help them move on. <laughs> and help them move. Yeah. Couches. <laughs> they a nice apartment apartment on Long Island. Well, uh, you know, Joey, the ghost that you're haunted by, uh, does have the ability to move very small objects by breathing on them really hard. I I do too. (laughs) Actually, yeah. Given that he's dead, it's a little more impressive. Uh, One of the things about... So, first things first, it's a game... Look, I'm I'm just going to say, it's probably more impressive that as a dead person, he is still able to communicate with the living. I think that is more impressive than being able to blow. That's true. You've got me. The Blackwell games... saying blow isn't that impressive. The Blackwell games are... (laughs) We'll get to that later. <laughs> the Blackwell games operate as a point-click adventure where you control two entities. One who can move around, pick stuff up, and talk things. One who can move around and talk to ghosts and very, very limited physics interaction. This means that the game's puzzles are less about following some particular chain of moon logic that the designer has put in the game and rather trying to make uh, emotional contact points with explicitly damaged people. It's a really interesting thing in that, for the most part, point-click adventure games are trying to find the correct sequence of keys to use in doors, whilst the problem that comes from that is, a, is 
you often are presented with multiple solutions to a problem, but you've got to find the one that the designer thought would be the best one. King's Quest was famously weird for this, where you'd ah. be like climbing on a mountainside and you'd have to eat something, and your pockets contained both a leg of ham and a pie. And like, well, what do you eat? Well, if you eat the pie, congratulations, you're screwed, because you need that pie later to throw at a yeti. In no way would throwing a leg of ham at a yeti have worked. Yeah. Well, no, because the bird will take the, the ham away. Yeah. The whole ham. Yeah. Ah, well. You see, if you eat the ham, you'll eat half of it, because it's a big-ass ham. Yeah. And then you give the rest of it to a giant eagle who saves you from the rock. Yeah. And how could you not have seen that coming, really? This is I mean, your that's failing like daily for me. Yeah. This, this is a daily occurrence for me. This is the kind of moon logic that you have to deal with when you're playing point-and-click adventure games. In the constraints of the Blackwell universe, because you're dealing with ghosts, which are explicitly traumatized people with a damaged memory, you are already operating with this idea to some extent that you are actually, like, you. the moon logic is there, but it's moon logic of a person. And just by making it diegetic, it makes it so much more bearable. And the fact that you can talk to the ghost and get a vague hint, it's better than nothing. It's better than sitting there bashing your face against the implacable wall of the game itself. Um, it also it also shows the kind of game where the primary thing you're moving around isn't items. It's not, like, keys. It's information. And that information is used to open other sections of the game. It's a really, really yeah. clever, smart system. And they built on it throughout their five, I want to say five, Blackwell games. A little bit five like... Uh, what am I thinking? Uh, Estonian Investigations. Yes. Which no doubt came after the first Blackwell. Oh, definitely. But the same kind of, you know, you don't necessarily pick up pockets full of evidence and carry them around with you. It's like, yeah, I'm aware of this thing. So I'm can... going to remember this yeah. thing and I'm going to, yeah. That's one of the nice things about, good. um, and indeed the, they make fun in Ace Attorney Investigations of the idea <laughs> of the kleptomaniac hero just picking up everything. Um, the connected tissue of each of the games, sorry, the connective tissue of each of those games in the Blackwell series is then, all right, we have established that you are effectively a a, a, a detective psychopomp. You are traveling around, finding ghosts, solving the puzzle of their life, and then they move on. And that's, that's cool, and that's rad, and there's a little bit of forking and a little bit of choice. But broadly speaking, they are just good, smart adventure games with some puzzles that will occasionally frustrate you, but not in a way that I ever found completely stranded me. Right. Well, there's frustration and there's fucking moon logic. Yeah, and they build on one another and then they build to the epiphany and in the epiphany, it's it's the final game because you've got to, you know, they, they the, the course of the plot finishes. They they can't really make more Blackwell games. And this is, this is going to be a bit of a spoiler, so cover your ears, the listener. But I like Blackwell epiphany a lot. I would like it a fuck ton more if it didn't yet again end with and now a girl dies for the development of a male protagonist. Are you kidding me? Really fucking annoyed by that. Just so uh. bad. And it's a really good game. And the sequence in question is completely bolted on. It's like at the very end of the story, it's like, uh, dunk. What? No! <laughs> no, you didn't have to fucking do that. You had a good ending. Why did you, why did you piss on yourself in the epilogue? That way they can make the next series where she is the ghost. No, they can't. They cut that door. Sorry, they cut that cord. They they have made it explicitly so that they cannot do that. That's that's how it's so maddening. Because they, they, like, we have to close the door on this series, and in the process of closing the door, we're going to slam it on our collective junk for 15 minutes. Just, ah! And I love this game otherwise. It's really enjoyable and smart, and it's full of character, and I really like what they do with point-and-click adventure games in a genre that honestly got kind of stagnant when I was playing it the most. And yet, at the last minute, they... If you ch- if you close the game before the final cutscene, you get a better ending. <laughs> Talon's advice. Yeah, it's it's like Mass Effect Three. Just stop <laughs> playing Mass Effect Three before you get to the end. You have a better ending than they would have given you. Anyway, that's the game I played. Got all mad about. <laughs> hey Fox, what have you been playing this week? I've been playing something I forgot to tell you all about last week, which I was also playing then. I'm slightly ashamed that I forgot, because I've been really Finally. enjoying it. Finally, you're playing Hotline Miami too. <laughs> yeah, that's the most likely scenario. Hotline Miami Picross, right? I'm not allowed to play Hotline Miami because I turn the music off. <laughs> 
I did go stomach. <gasps> and did you get banned by the fandom? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. The collective fan hammer just coming down and going, no! Go on. Your experience is wrong. Well, I have been playing something you can't play with the sound off. <laughs> I have been playing Hatsune Miku uh, Project Mirai DX. Is that the one with the awesome little under-detailed skeletons? Ah, <laughs> uh, there are skeletons in a couple of the song clips. Are I... they really, really low-detailed and it's great because Hatsune Miku is so highly detailed? <laughs> I don't know about highly detailed. Everyone's chibis. Compared to these, Compared to these skeletons that aren't even articulated? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a couple where she's, like, she's a 3D model, but she has... Uh, like paper cut out skeletons as a backup band. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I love the paper skeleton <laughs> backup band. It's the best thing. There's one of them where they're really out of place too, because there's a couple of yeah. songs where she has this, and one of them it yeah, makes sense because they're, like, they're just they're they're just wiggling around and stuff and playing all the instruments. It's great. <laughs> one of them has like a Day of the Dead kind of aesthetic, so it's it's like you know, and there's a bit where she like dances and spins herself to death or at least spins herself to getting really dizzy and she looks like she's gonna throw up and it makes sense in that one but there's another one where it's just like an ordinary sort of happy maybe a little bit melancholy song and there's skeletons on the backup band and what are you guys doing here skeletons I, uh, yeah uh, it's great whatever it's great. works i guess i stopped paying attention for a few seconds and now we're at skeletons <laughs> in a band with miku anyway uh yeah, this is a really fun game. I like rhythm games. I find a lot of them I can super duper get into. And I love that this is one where it was just so thoroughly Japanese that they didn't make the slightest attempt to change any of that. So, fuck it, no, we'd have to, like, translate everything or whatever. There is no dubbing in this game. This is... What are you here for if not for this? <laughs> so, yeah, I appreciate it on, on that level. There's not enough costumes for anyone but Mika, though. I'll say that. Everyone else needs more costumes! More costumes for the skeletons. No! Sick! Stop it! They want an option to replace secondary characters with... uh, More skeletons. ...articulated paper skeletons. That would be fun. Anyway, this game was also a Christmas gift, and I I am very grateful too. I don't know if the person who bought it for me is in the listener, but it was a lovely present, and... In the listener. Thank you to them. (laughs) Is amongst the listener. Has been absorbed into the listener. Assimilated by the listener, that's the word. I like how when it comes to the idea of the listener, there are basically three jerks at work here for three different podcasters, and none of us seem to agree on which one. <laughs> I... I'm just saying, uh, mine, mine is that we just have the one, a listener. Yeah. The, the listener. Yeah, uh, as, as opposed to the listener is a royal title or something. <laughs> well, what have you guys used and the then collective the, and the then listener? The, and then the listener is just, like, the biomass. <laughs> It kind of Look at you, listener. Morphed into Anything that. Anything and sweating as you run down my corridors. <laughs> I have no idea what Jeb's talking about now, but really, aren't we all biomasses? <laughs> aren't we all the listener? <laughs> In some small way. I'm listening to you right now. Well, yeah, not right now, because you're not... Now I'm listening... Well, a second ago... I, you get the idea. You, you, you're you listening now. And that's when we modded in a jetpack. Hello, you're listening to the Downloadable Concert Podcast. Oh no, Jeb's been hacked again. This week we've replaced Jeb's co-hosts with paper cutout skeletons. Okay, so that's the thing that happened. Yeah, um, we're just gonna we're just gonna move on and just pretend that what just happened didn't necessarily. Didn't? <laughs> oh, oh, wait, wait, no, there's one more thing. Yeah. Oh, there's more. There's a song where two of them. Uh, this is like a really heavily digitized kind of song. That's that's the aesthetic of it, and they like do the robot in the song. <laughs> And I'm not sure if I should be weirded out by this or not. <laughs> it's an AI doing the robot. <laughs> it, and they're not really robots. They're, you know, because they're digital. They don't have physical... I don't, is this appropriation? <laughs> I just imagine it's being done really sarcastically. Yes, this is how we dance, flesh things. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you think we look like, isn't it? <laughs> you sicken me. How can you expect to defeat a perfect immortal machine? <laughs> I was gonna say my my headcanon is that Hatsune Miku is in fact Shodan, so <laughs> six beats per second enough to defeat any. <laughs> That's Ocelot. <laughs> Wait, now I want to see Hatsune Miku as like a, a mod for Metal Gear Solid Five. Oh, I play Metal Gear Replace... with Vocaloids. <laughs> Replace Ocelot. Replace Ocelot. 
with Miku. And the stealth challenge gets even harder because anytime they hear a good beat, they're compelled to sing. So you've got to avoid sources of really good music. <laughs> Which is, you know, every place you infiltrate. Oh, is that how you think we work, Fleshbag? We just can't help ourselves from singing. It's in our nature. And then the helicopter comes overhead and it's playing 99 uh, Red Balloons. Oh, no. And suddenly this is light show starts. Wait, this is awesome. Yeah. I, I, I'm <laughs> all, okay the, all the enemy soldiers get up and do a dance routine. It's great. I, I'm okay with this. This sounds great. This all sounds great. <laughs> sounds like a way better Metal Gear Solid Five. And that's not to say it's a bad game to start with. It's just, Wow. This is a better, this is a better version than probably a better story. <laughs> anyway, hey Jeb, what have you been playing this week? He says, uh... grabbing control of the wheel and steering wildly. Ah, uh, you could imagine you have control. I've been drawing a lot of lines. Mm-hmm. A lot of lines. <sighs> I've been walking around a lot and drawing a lot of lines. I've been playing Jonathan Blow's The Witness by Jonathan Blow, a game by Jonathan Blow. Hey, you know. Setting aside the Jonathan Blowness of Jonathan Blow's The Witness, a Jonathan Blow game in the Jonathan Blow genre by Jonathan Blow, I've heard it's kind of good. It's really good. Hey! And that makes it hard because <laughs> it'd just be so easy to say, wow, this is this is trash because Jonathan Blow is a douche. <laughs> no, this game is really good. It's really good. <laughs> yeah pretty much that's it's it's one of the nice things about video games and the great things can come from sources you weren't necessarily expecting <laughs> sitting here trying to very hard skirt the edges of the sunshine policy like it's a big golden stealth game i would t- I, I don't starring hatsune miku yes <laughs> I don't think of Jonathan Blow as making particularly bad games. I just never want him to open his damn mouth. <laughs> don't talk. Don't talk. Don't tweet about your piss jar. Yes. Don't do that. Don't do that, Jonathan Blow. No, just make your games. Yeah, because he's because <sighs> from what I can tell, this guy's pretty good at this yeah. video gaming thing. He, he makes some pretty neat games. I'm I'm okay with that. Just. Just don't tell us about your P-Jar, please. Uh, guys, I'm and just going to expand that policy to everyone. I don't want to hear about anyone's P-Jar ever. Now, the, the Witness is not not by any stretch perfect. Like It has some accessibility issues. Um, there are puzzles that require... Um, there are puzzles that require sound. Yeah. So there are uh, puzzles that require um, color identification. Alright. It's not colorblind friendly, and it's not friendly for people who can't hear, so... It's not perfect, but the, there's also I I've heard that there are some really flashy parts that uh, get a bit um, that might get a bit uh, problematic for people who have epilepsy. Yeah. Ah, yes. On the other hand, those are things that hopefully a responsible and empathetic designer can correct. Hmm. So witness is fucked. No. No. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. Jonathan John blows a pretentious git. I don't think he's actively hostile to people with different abilities. I wasn't saying he was actively hostile. I was saying he wasn't particularly responsible or empathetic. <laughs> those were the words you... Those are your words. I didn't add nothing there. I've been hoisted on my own petard. Anyway, Jeb. The witness! On your own petard? <laughs> You're in trouble now. <laughs> this is why I retired. I didn't retire. <laughs> Sorry, you, you opened this door. I'm just following where it leads. I'm just going with the flow. Coming soon to the Wii. <laughs> I, for one, am very impressed with Jonathan Blow's latest release. You knew it was going to happen, listener. You knew it. <laughs> you knew it as soon as we started talking about The Witness. We can't help it. We just knew we'd have to take the piss. <laughs> You're saying you couldn't hold it back? Um, um. He's a really <gasps> jarring it's right, figure. It's alright, you can... It's alright, Talon, you can laugh. Let it out. You're all monsters. Um, um, video games. Video games. Video games. Okay, game face on. 
<laughs> yes. Yeah, go on, Jeb. This is your monster. <laughs> Alright, so, so Jeb, imagine I know nothing about Jonathan Blow's The Witness, a Jonathan Blow game in the Jonathan Blow series of Jonathan Blow games by Jonathan Blow, and explosions are shit. Um, what would you tell me about The Witness to get me interested in playing it? Uh, do you like puzzles? I, I like puzzles. There are a lot of really good puzzles in The Witness by Jonathan Blow. Hmm. What kind of puzzles? Are we talking like Hexcel style perfect information puzzles? or You draw lines. Oh. They're all line drawing puzzles. Oh, okay. Some of them are like mazes, and some of them are like, the line has to go through this, or you have to make this kind of shape, or this other kind of thing you might have to do. Huh. It is all, it's one mechanic with hundreds of puzzles Okay. In one mechanic that it uses in all kinds of different ways. No lies, that is pretty darn interesting. It is really neat. They take the they take the one mechanic and they use that in all kinds of different ways. All right. It does get a bit repetitive because you it does a lot of times do okay. Here's this puzzle. It's pretty simple. Here's the mechanic. Do it. Okay. Now here's the same puzzle but a little bit bigger, and you might have <laughs> to think a bit more. Okay. Now do that again, but bigger, and then again, but bigger. And then, again, and good luck. <laughs> so, it's in a lot of ways highly reminiscent of a iterative puzzle game. It is uh, highly iterative, and there are some puzzles that you... There are some puzzle line drawing... Like like I said, they're all line drawing puzzles. That's every single puzzle in this. Every single way you interact with the world, except for one thing, involves drawing lines. <coughs> but oftentimes you'll draw... You'll, you'll do a puzzle... And then take that information into another puzzle. I, I, look, I, I recognize what you're saying about this game. It sounds good. But I'm now momentarily hung up on the fact that thanks to your accent, I heard you were saying drawing lions. <laughs> I apologize. Moving on. Serious face. <clears throat> I would like a game about drawing lions, though. Just putting that out there. Yeah, a puzzle game about drawing lions sounds like it could be really cool. But yeah, so you have, is it a big game? Like, would you, would you expect this to be worth a lot of time? I've sunk a fair bit of time into it. Um, there's a lot of content. There's a lot of walking around to do because it's on a really, really well, very visually and interesting to look at island. Um, there's lots of stuff to see. Um, it's it, There's a lot there. There's a lot going on. Yeah, sounds really good. <laughs> um, it's If you don't like puzzles, stay the fuck away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's because that, it's that particular... despite, what some peop- despite what some people seem to be thinking... This isn't like some transcendental, oh my god, my life has changed because I played this game. No, it's nothing like that. It's an excellent puzzle game. Uh, it, it, it sounds like the cryptic crosswords of, of puzzle games. Oh like, god. If you're, if you're into this genre of thinking like this, this is just like a great big dense nugget of what you want. Oh yeah, there's a lot of puzzles to that game. Yeah. Is it like, like we're talking the same kind of thinking as cryptic crosswords? Well, this is just like drawing lines. I don't know what cryptic crosswords are. Oh, uh, cryptic crosswords oh. are a, must be a, an Australian thing, I guess. They're, nah, they're probably a UK thing, if anything. Good point. We don't create much. It's certainly of our not culture. unique to us. Either way, they're crosswords where you don't get a real clue. You just get like a vague statement that where you're supposed to go. Oh, there's you know X number of letters in this, or that could be a synonym for this. Or... It's it's word puzzle based crosswords yeah. rather than actually oh okay, and they're just crazy fucking vague. Yeah. Um, the witness has you looking around for a lot of clues to later puzzles but it also asks it also will give you like a series of very small puzzles to inform you of a rule for a certain kind of puzzle um it, like if there's a certain indicator in the puzzle grid you'll have seen you'll you'll be able to come across a way to get an example of that rule and the only really challenging part is that i found sometimes the rule isn't what you think it is. Huh. So it's good It's really hard to... It does a very good job of it. I have literally spoken at my monitor, just congratulating the game on pulling the wool over my eyes. It sounds like it's very much your jam. It's somewhat my jam. It's not... It's no... Um, We're gonna Hexels say it. It's gonna, terms... it's gonna get said, isn't it? It's no Hexels. Yeah. It's uh... no Hexels. It's not even the best puzzle game that's out this year, but it's the best puzzle game that's out this year that's out so far. <laughs> Super Hot comes out next month, and that's the best game of the year, so... <laughs> um, uh, sorry, to rewind a little bit, um, if you ever played Seventh Guest, 
or was it 11th hour? 11th hour and 7th. 11th hour. I was confused that with the Graham Base book. It was 11th hour as well, right? No, that was the 11th guest. 11th guest. Oh, that would be why I'm confusing them. Yeah. Okay. Now, what about the 7th hour? Um, that would be a cryptic crossword puzzle game. Just the the information you're supposed to glean from that game is the same level of obscured as yeah. a cryptic crossword, which is why I couldn't play it to yeah. save. No, uh, the, the witness is pretty good at giving you relevant information. It just it, it asks you to process it, mm-hmm. and it doesn't it doesn't give you information that seems out there. Like there's not really a moon logic because you're just drawing lines. Yep. <laughs> And the the much vaunted attitude of it doesn't hold your hand, it doesn't give you guides, it doesn't give you hints. <laughs> oh, is it that... totally does. Right. It oh, literally, good. It, it literally does give you guides. Because just... otherwise, that'd be kind of poo. Well, that's the thing. I'm I'm seeing people talk about how it's this magically impenetrably dense kind of game, and I'm just wondering if this is a matter of journalists writing about there... it haven't played this kind of game before. It no, it literally gives you guides. Ha. Like, it literally gives you a sequence of small puzzles that <laughs> explain the rule. Like, like the, the way that white squares and black squares interact with each other. That is actually a thing that the game gives you a guide for. <laughs> it literally does tutorialize this stuff. Maybe we've gotten so heavily tutorialized with a lot of games now that we have lost the ability to recognize that a slow lead-in is a tutorial. Yeah. Maybe a lot of people in my job are wankers. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's also a distinct possibility. Especially the ones getting paid by big mainstream newspapers. Just saying. Big mainstream newspapers have game reviewers now? Yeah. That, that's just a little depressing. Yeah, they've had them for a while. I saw oh. Duke Nukem Forever being reviewed in the Sydney Morning Herald. Mm. In, in the regular Sydney Morning Herald, not in, like the Sunday garbage it was without te- or anything? It was in the tech section. Oh. <laughs> I saw Sonic Boom get a four and a half and a, a four out of five stars from Walmart.com. <laughs> does Walmart.com sell Sonic Boom by any chance? <laughs> Why, yes, it does. To be fair, it's Walmart. They sell everything up to and including human skin. <laughs> well, they're probably trustworthy then. Yeah, seems legit. Can't imagine why we don't want them in this country. Mystery. Uh, yeah, the um, the the idea of cer- the, there, there's some there's some narrative stuff going on that's mostly just wank yeah <laughs> um, um jeb have you played the talos principle i have not been able to play the talos principle yet um okay so i'm gonna i'll cut that uh jeb would you compare it um over much to portal in terms of like mental space no right it's like an action puzzly thing yeah yeah and and portal is like a deliberately short kind of puzzle environment it was just quite short. Uh, the, no, the witness asks you to get lost in it for a long period of time. Ah, yeah. right. And and in the case of Portal, Portal also has ninety percent of Portal is tutorial. The bulk of what Portal is doing while you're playing Portal is teaching you to play Portal. And then in the last bit, it's like, okay, now, now for this last segment, <laughs> yeah, you're on your own. Play Portal, yeah. So that sort of um, dense tutorializing is what I was thinking of. Whereas it seems that the witness is much more willing to leap to like lay things kind of open. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to do the tutorial bits, but they're pretty clearly there. Sounds like it's a pretty good game if this is what you want. If you want a good puzzle game, it will it will do you well until uh, Super Hot comes out next month. <laughs> and when you run out of Super Hot, which you might, which you can come you won't back because to the... it has an endless mode. Well, yeah. But you, you, you. Every every person has an individual quantity of a, any game that they want to partake in. I know that there are some. I don't understand this concept when it comes to super hot. <laughs> so you're saying is you you like puzzles? You get the witness, play it for a little while, then as soon as super hot comes out, you drop it like a jar of hot wheat. <laughs> oh, sorry. Was I not being subtle there? <laughs> the witness is a very very good game, and if you don't. Like Jonathan Blow, and that's a stumbling point, I understand. Yep. If you like puzzle games, you are going to like this. If you like, I'd say if you like pretty games where you wander around, you might get annoyed at the puzzles. <laughs> um, bring some music with you if you're going to play, because it has none. Oh, hmm. that's rather a surprise. It only has ambient sound effects and the occasional, like... Not really background music. I'm not quite sure what it is, but sometimes I hear something that sounds like music. Kind of Minecrafty. Not quite. Um, it's hard to put to explain without putting into context. But 
Sometimes it tries to just mess with you a little bit. Ah, okay. Uh, okay. I, uh, I just, by the by, I don't know if I've ever brought this up on the show, but I love the fuck out of the music in Minecraft. It's only a little <laughs> bit of it, but it's gorgeous. It's very good, and it shows up at just the right time. Yeah. Every time it comes on, I'm like, ooh, oh, it's, uh, that's right, this is so pretty. <laughs> it, I hadn't heard it in so long, I almost forgot, but ah. And now it's time for Retro Gaming News. All the news that's hit print for the month of January 2007. Brought to you by Jonathan Blow's Corrective Hypnotherapy by Jonathan Blow. Drop those bad habits like a jar of hot wee. I've retired again. All right, we've got a small one, but a good one this month. I won a lot of Wii games this one. Uh, as it so happens, we're starting off <laughs> oh, with a Wii game with a yellow cover. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Pierce de Resistance. <laughs> um, it's, it's... We're actually just reusing all of our Twitter shitposts. Yeah, basically. So... Um, well, I'm allowed, because I haven't been on Twitter. <laughs> I just, I keep coming back now, and then people are like, oh, uh, yeah, Jar of Wheat, uh, Wu-Tang Clan. You get no seriously. This is gonna be great. Kanye's bum. What? Cat? Why? You're gonna have to explain that one to me later. So, we, uh, but what year are we in? We're in 2007. Seven. Okay. So PS2 era. Um, we the first one. First up, we have a game with a yellow cover, which someone appears to be wiping. I cannot believe this works so well as a transition. This is a game uh, with a very high Metacritic score. Uh. Critically, it did quite well, but it's very much in the vein of a party game, which meant that it wasn't uh, as it wasn't as important to uh, online culture. Like you didn't get people streaming it. <laughs> I was did it again. Damn it. Gonna say something like Choo Choo Rocket, but uh, I don't think that's a party game. Not Choo Choo Rocket. It is a Nintendo game, and it's part of a long-running franchise for Nintendo. Is it a WarioWare? It's a WarioWare. Can you tell me which WarioWare was on the Wii? Uh, well, I thought the Wii one was Smooth Moves, but it I thought its cover moves. was pink. Nope, no? nope. The text is pink, but it's ah, a yellow background, okay. and the Wiimote is wiping through it as if it is fluid. <clears throat> All right, we have a re-release of a Game Boy Advance game. In, re-release on? The, uh, the Nintendo DS. Uh, this game has also been released on Windows. And the Wii via WiiWare, iOS, and Nintendo 3D. The, the Nintendo 3DS. This uh, is this a, an Ace Ventura, Phoenix Wright game, whatever they're called. Yeah, this is this is an Ace Attorney uh, game. It's justice for all. Huh. Um, I'm just gonna say that every week that that you start talking about a, a, a DS game that was re-released on the GBA and the and PC. Uh, <laughs> I I really like the Phoenix Wright games. Anyway, one week it will I still be. Still haven't played one. We shall, we shall see what we can do about amending that. One week it will be Scourge Hive and I'll just laugh at both of you. <laughs> so, we have an expansion pack for a video game that at this point is boasting being one of the largest video games existed at that time. It was released on January 2007? 17, 2007. Yes, in... Um, Sims 3 World Adventures? Nope. On its release day, it sold 2.4 million copies. Is this uh, Wrath of Lich King? Right game, wrong expansion. It's oh. the Burning Crusade. 2007. Oh, okay. Is it not still boosting, be- boosting being one of the biggest games around? Um, other games like Dota and League have exploded past them. Yeah, but you said one of the biggest, not the biggest. Uh, and also, WoW has shrunk to the point where I think now Final Fantasy XIV is looking at very serious... Anyway. Uh, no. No, uh, Square, Square's <laughs> numbers. When, when you're talking about millions of users, when Square can say we've got about four to five million users, and WoW can say we've got about seven to six million users, it's kind of easy to see those numbers as comparable. The point is, they definitely still say that one of the biggest games around. And they are one of the biggest games around, certainly in the English You maybe think we're world. talking about something else, like something that was... Uh... Oh, okay. Something that was no longer a big deal. This is while while the World of Warcraft star was still ascent. Yeah, no kidding. Right. We have a thoughtful noir detective adventure with an unconventional interface with its console. What is its console? Uh, it's on the DS. Unconventional interface? Hotel Dusk? Hotel Dusk, yeah. Uh, for the listener, Hotel Dusk is a Nintendo DS game where instead of holding the game with the DS well, vertically, for lack of a many, any better word. Normal way up. You turn the DS so it's like a book, and you hold it like that. It's going to be great for the 2DS. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, Hotel Dusk is a pretty good game, but you do have to be in that sort of scour scour every corner of the map for the puzzles kind of feel. It's not great at um, continuity, I guess would be the the term you use in gameplay. It doesn't Mm -hmm. doesn't flow into itself as well. Ah, okay. God damn it, the piss joke. I think piss flows... I think the goal is is to not have it flow into itself, really. That sounds dangerous. <laughs> I don't know. I can tell you. I played The Witness and... Uh... <laughs> so, now we have... Now, finally, finally, away from these, you know, good, established, you know, game companies making <laughs> games thing. Now we've got some almost certain trash. We have a tie-in game for a TV show. And the TV show has not been in common conversation since it ended it's not like it's a, one of those shows like everyone's like oh you need to go back and watch this it was such a good show prison break uh no earlier show than that but it is focusing on a law enforcement character and one of the reviewers described it as piloting an angry cop made entirely of testicle <laughs> same <laughs> i this was on the ps2 what <laughs> I feel like I should make a Pikachu joke. <laughs> this game has a 38% on Metacritic. Same. Uh, seriously, I have no idea. Was the show regarded as good in its time? I I do know people who regarded the show as good, but that's not really the same thing. How long ago was the show? Uh, the show was relevant to this time, so it was around 2006, 2005. Um, <clears throat> the show is... The Shield. There was a Shield. There was a The Shield game, and Michael Chiklis did the voice acting for his character. They made a game of The Shield. Of The Shield. It's an action stealth game. Why? (laughs) Why indeed? Why? Why indeed? And and yeah, that's 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 the that's the the crime that's the the police drama that's um you know I think it's known for its. For its for its dialogue and visual and visceral cinematography, right? Yeah, yeah, perfect for action stealth. Yeah, ex- exactly what you want when you've got characters who look in that vaguely PS2 way, like action toys. And there are sequences where Michael Chiklis is trying—they're trying to build drama, so the camera will flick around to the front of his face, so you can look at his face. And they have very, very clearly gotten the 3D model for the back of his head, and they've used a photograph of his face front. Whoa! Nice. Oh no! Nice. Oh, what the hell? It's perfect. Why would you do that? It's great. He, oh. he definitely looks like an angry testicle. That's horrifying. So, now we have another tie-in that we didn't need. Except this is a tie-in to an anime. This is a tie-in to a very long-running anime by a very well-established uh, creator. Dragon Ball something, really. Uh, this game has... This, this series has been called Dragon Ball for Girls. Inuyasha. Inuyasha, yes. It's Inuyasha, the secret of the divine jewel. In you. Is that is that the is that the fighting game? No, no. This is a oh. um a, a role playing game with stats and leveling up and grinding and everything. It has nice. a new girl main character. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. It uses two pieces of stock art on the cover and a third piece of art of the girl character that's new, and they look like this was made on DeviantArt. This is yeah. She she's the worst kind of seriously. Were you trying to make her look like someone's original character? Please do not steal. Yes. Oh. Putting the me in Kagomi. <laughs> no, no, not Kagomi. <laughs> Kago you. <laughs> Kagomi is way too boring to be someone's self-insert character. All right, now. Give her blue hair. Yeah, that's where it's at. The new character actually has blue hair, doesn't she? No, she, no wait, she's, she's blonde. Yeah, she's blonde. Yeah, because that's what a Japanese school I bet she's a Japanese school like. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we have... This, this is an interesting one, because I know that this game has a certain degree of public cachet but I know almost nothing about it. So I'm going to be reading bits off the Wikipedia page and hoping that I'm getting near it for the people who, you know, know stuff about PS2 era game. All right? This game was developed by Level 5. Oh. Uh, this game heard of them. is an action role-playing game. It has a weapon synthesis system similar to Dark Cloud and Dark Chronicle. Um, it's carried out by a character within the game called Toadie, a frog who can swallow two weapons and then regurgitate oh. the new weapon. Oh, fuck, I know this! Yeah! Ah, ah, shit! The main character ah. is named Jasta Rogue. <laughs> it's Rogue Galaxy! It's Rogue Galaxy, yes! yes. 
I've played I own this. I've played this. It's a sci-fi space pirate game. Um, which was really quite good fun, except that I was horrible at the... There's quick time sequences for your ultra attacks, and I had only just gotten a PS2 at this point, so I didn't know which button was which. (laughs) Fuck, when do you put an X in relation to a square? I don't know how to look it down the controller. Oh, it's all over. Uh, But yeah, it it was quite good and quite fun until I got to the point where you sort of... I got the feeling at that stage that everything up till this had been the tutorial pregame kind of stuff. And they get they give you a factory and you have to build a production line. Yes. And this is how you get like the upgraded gear that that you need to actually be good at the game, but you have to play like a puzzle mini game where you design a production line to create the materials and I was like, Oh This sounds amazing. No, this is too much. This <laughs> sounds fantastic. I wanna go sounds kill monsters. Like Cloud too. Um the, the visual style the game used was to cel-shade foreground characters and then present a much more realistic, as far as the PS2 could do realistic, background environmental terrain. And one of the nice things about the PS2 was that like, the further away a thing, the more your brain could job of making things <laughs> Unless you didn't have to look at it. Yeah, and, and so it, it, like looks, it looks really nice. No, it is, it's quite a nice looking PS2 game. It, it's quite a solid JRPG if you don't mind, like absurdly time-consuming mini-games before you, you know, get back to killing monsters. That said, uh, on the names, I just want to... Oh, they have terrible fucking Because I, I want to share this with Jeb, alright? Yep. You have the main character, Jaster Rogue. <laughs> Jaster this Rogue. is the rest of the cast. Kisala, Zegram Gart, Simon Vickard, Lilica Reiser, Digo Aegis, Jupus Tuki Magane, Desert Claw, Steve. Yes! <laughs> yes! Yes! yes. <laughs> Steve! <laughs> I don't think I'd gotten as far as Steve. <laughs> Maybe he's a special secret character. <laughs> secret hidden character, Steve. The head of naming department checked out early. <laughs> uh, we got Deagle Aegis. Uh, uh, <laughs> Jupus Tukey McGann, eh? What I'm else have we sure got? Jupus is like a, a someone you know, give George us a, Lucas type uh, alien thing. Someone, someone give, give him a name, quick. Uh, Steve! <laughs> I, uh, but, the only thing I can think of is that somebody like like wanted to use Chibity Crockett but found out that was taken by G Gundam. By the way, just putting this By the way, there. Chibity Crockett is a fantastic name. Yes. Just putting this out there, remember you're supposed to pronounce the main character's name with an English oh, style oh. to it, so what does that make it? Jasadol Rog! My god. Yep! And Steve! Is this guy Jace's self-insert character? <laughs> <laughs> what? No, he's the uh, plucky, uh, ordinary villager boy who dreams of grand space adventure, and wouldn't you know it, he just happens to be forced into going on a grand space adventure. I and wish that was Steve's story. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it gets better. It gets better. Because, alright, you have you have all these characters who are member who are from this planet or that alien race or that one. You know where Steve came from? Steve's an android. Someone made oh, him. Oh, Someone I have met Steve. Steve. Someone crafted a robot and went, mm, 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 what, can I call, what can I call my great creation? To be fair, Steve. that's a really weird and exotic name compared to everyone yeah. else's name. He's not called something normal like a Jasta or Kisala. Or Deagle Aegis. He's not Deagle Aegis. Whatever it Jupus, is. Jupus, Jupus Tuki Magane. I'll, <laughs> I'll expect you to remember that. <laughs> you can call me Steve. Oh, what a wonderful, wonderful, weird game. I, I really hope this game is as good as it sounds. <laughs> I really hope this game is as good as its names. <laughs> it's uh, one of your action RPGs where there's a party, but your party members control themselves, so you can, like, you know, throw um, them commands now and then. Uh, They're but can not you throw as them? dumb as they could be. No, you cannot bodily you cannot pick them throw up and Steve. cast them at your enemies. You cannot deploy Steve. If I recall correctly, Steve isn't playable. He's the navigator on your, like, steampunk cowboy rocket ship thing. <laughs> yeah, because you have a cowboy steampunk rocket ship. It's, you it's a little bit western and a little bit sci-fi and a little bit sort of atlantis This it's is very a little bit country and a little bit rock and roll. <laughs> Um, one final note for anyone who thinks this sounds like an awesome idea. 
Quote, so me. In November 2015, Sony announced that the PlayStation 4 would be getting a PlayStation 2 emulation. On December 3, the Sony Twitter feed posted and then quickly deleted an announcement trailer for oh. Dark Cloud running on PlayStation 4, demonstrating 1080p graphics via uprendering trophy support and both remote play and share play compatibility. On December 4, via the PlayStation blog, Sony confirmed Rogue Galaxy will be included in the first batch of uprendered PlayStation 2 games for PlayStation 4. Available via the PlayStation Store, the game will feature everything shown in the leaked announcement trailer, plus second screen support for the PlayStation Vita and the PlayStation app. The game was demonstrated in full at the PlayStation Experience and released on December 5. So, right. if you've got a PS4 and a Vita, well, hi, David. Um, <laughs> hi. hi, Steve. Hi, Steve. <laughs> There's one of you. <laughs> Steve. But you can do that. Hi, it Steve. sounds really good. Yeah. That's a, yeah, I don't know how much they're pricing it at, but if it's not outside of your budget, it's definitely worth just, just trying it out because it is weird and it's got a lot of character. Um, it, the, the level-up system is apparently evocative of the Final Fantasy X sprawl-out-everywhere kind of thing where you're like building things uh, your Like ability trees where yeah. you can customize how you... I mean, within a general theme, everyone has fixed weapons, so it's like, you know, this is your range support, this is your whatever, yeah. So the, You have a fair amount of control. To, 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 to recap, listener, this game has space pirates, space cowboys, and cowgirls. This game has a sprawling uh, ability tree system. It has a weapon system that involves feeding both weapons to a frog, which will then bath the better weapon onto you. It has names like <laughs> Simon Vicard and Digo Agus, and it's... And it has Steve. It has Steve. Uh, it also has um, a when you go to the planet of uh, people who don't have robots yet. <laughs> you pick up one of the characters you get is like an awesome tribally style archer lady who's like, yeah, see that fucking giant robot thing? I'm gonna shoot it with an arrow, and it'll fucking you know it'll get hurt because I can shoot robots with arrows, can't you? <laughs> That's badass. Actually, kind of cool. All right, and last of all for this month, we have the North American release. Of a game legendarily bad. Oh. In a franchise Ooh. of bad. Oh. Ooh. Now, conventionally, this game gets uh, referred to... Sonic Unleashed. You are so close. <laughs> Sonic 06. Sonic 06. Oh. Which were yeah. released in North America which in 07. That's how fucked up Sonic 06 <laughs> is. It didn't even fucking come out in 2006. Yes. Okay, I just wanna I just wanna take you guys through my experience there because when you said like a legendary bad entry in a bad franchise, I think of Sonic. Aww. I think of Sonic as being a bad franchise, Aww. and then I realized oh, it is statistically a very bad franchise. I played Sonic Last World. This is so sad. <laughs> I like Sonic. When it... <laughs> Let's take a quick stroll, if we can, over the category of Wikipedia label Sonic the Hedgehog no! video games. No! There are... I don't want to see! Don't show it! There are a six oh entries God. in this category. And we're interested in the first five. Um, are we? I like Sonic Adventure. Something like that. Well, look, some of those... That's the thing. The beginning is going to be cluttered up with the Master System and Game Gear versions. And say, uh, Game Gear and Master System Sonic 1, kind of very good for Game Gear games, but... I almost want to try and read these all out in long, breathless bursts. This is amazing. Um, like, alphabetically, what's the earliest Sonic the Hedgehog game? Alphabetically? Wait, what? Alphabetically, what's earliest? What, what, which, uh, which, hold on. I'm thinking which, about this question. Which is the one that appears in the list first, alphabetically? Uh, Sonic and All-Stars Racing. Nope. Way before that. Way before that in the alphabet. Doesn't start with S. I'm done thinking. Don't you get in the way of this. Alright. I'm gonna get it. Yeah, I'll, I'll call you Knuckles back. Knuckles Chaotix? Uh, you're closer. Still not there, but you're closer. Dr. Robotnik's Mean there Bean Machine? There we go. Oh, that sounds a D! Yes! Doctor. Dr. Robotnik's right, Mean fine, Bean Machine. Fine, fine. But yeah, um, and I mean, some of these I've never heard of. And like, okay, so Sega Superstars and Sega Superstars Tennis. Yeah, oh, tell me about some of these games, because chances are I do know what they are. Alright then. What don't you recognize? I don't recognize Sister Sonic. Oh! Uh, I think that's somebody's DeviantArt page. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, actually, it actually is the name of a Dojin series uh, made. But wait, no, no, I'm thinking of a separate bunch <coughs> of fan art. I was briefly Go thinking on. it was the name of the Dojin series done by the guy who did Excel Saga, but that's wrong. Sister that's Sonic else. is a cancelled role-playing video game in the Sonic the Hedgehog series in partner with Falcom. I mean, there's a Sonic game done by... Uh, Sonic RPG done by Bioware. I can see them doing other stuff. Yeah, just, like, Falcom make 
Eyes series of games, so that could have happened. Um, <laughs> Thank God it didn't. I oh, he, don't right. recognize Somari. <coughs> it's an oh, it's apparently. Uh, I can tell. I can tell you about Somari. <laughs> Let me tell you about Somari. Somari the adventurer. Samari the adventurer. What the is fuck is a this? bootleg? <laughs> it's a bootleg Chinese game. I think it's Chinese. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Chinese. Russian. Russian? It Holy is? cow. Oh, Apparently it's a... My mistake. I'm very sorry. No, no, it's, no. It's a bootleg... Go on. It's a bootleg game, which is uh, an NES equivalent of Sonic the Hedgehog for the NES, but you're Mario, sort of. Wow. The physics don't work. Oh, so Mari. Yeah. Yeah, so Mari. It's pretty well known as being awful. I... It looks it. I've seen this actually. I did not know that was what it was called, and that is so much better. So Mari the Adventurer. So yeah, I didn't know that game. Um, um the uh, one of the, the things about Samari is you know how in Sonic the Hedgehog you roll up into a ball when you, you like you get running and you roll up into a ball and then you pop out of the ball and you keep running and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. Cops. Okay. When Samari starts going, first of all, his acceleration is super weird. <laughs> Like, he'll start off as just, like, this crawl, and then suddenly go too fast to control him. <laughs> but, once you start rolling, you cannot stop. You cannot, un- you cannot <laughs> roll, unroll until you stopped. <laughs> Wait, so if you're rolling on a flat, you just slow to a crawl? You slowly roll and stop, and then you oh, get out of the ball. Oh, my God. <laughs> this also happens on an incline. <laughs> because oh, no. gravity doesn't work. <laughs> I like to bad. think this is a lesson for young programmers who are like, doesn't seem too complicated to make a platform where you just run in one direction and <laughs> roll up into a ball. And... <laughs> um, in the, in the same list, we have Sonic Jump Fever. Was that one of the uh, mobile platform games? Yeah, apparently yeah. it's a vertical platformer mobile game developed by Hardlight. Um... Yeah, there's a few of those. Yeah. Just like bounce upward on springs. Because yep. Sonic without running would still be really Sonic y, right? Yeah. Uh, also, Sonic Labyrinth. Or, as ah. it was known in Japan, Sonic Rebirinsu. That is a Game Gear title, which is. Where you, Sonic has to save the children from the Goblin King, played by David Bowie. Yes. <laughs> you think they're joking? They wind up having a dance fight. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were joking, then I thought you were serious, now I think you're joking again. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a isometric perspective. Yeah. Uh, yeah. bizarrely slow Sonic game that's not fun at all. Um. Why do they keep making those? <laughs> the it's only weird, move Sonic it? can use in this game is the spin dash, as Dr. Yep. Eggman has secretly replaced his famous red shoes with another pair, the <laughs> slowdown boots, yep. which taken away Sonic's abilities mm-hmm. to run yep. and I've jump. heard of this. Because a Sonic game I've without running would be really fun, right? What the fuck? Yeah, well, the Game Gear couldn't really do Sonic Speed all that well. Um, it didn't have blast processing. <laughs> Triple Trouble was a good Sonic Game Gear game, but it's about the only good Sonic Game Gear game. They did a um, did another one before that, uh, Chaos, which was... Yeah, Sonic Chaos is in this list, yeah. Yeah, but in general, the Game Gear ones were the, uh, you know, disappointing spin-off-y, well, you know, all you've got is a handheld, so we'll make you a Sonic, but don't expect a good Sonic. On the other hand, Triple Trouble does have the Sea Fox, which is excellent, and I will hear no ill said against it. Huh. The Sea Fox's Tales of Submarine. Um, Sonic Crackers. Oh, Delicious. that's the unreleased Game Gear one with the rings that you're anchored together by, right? And they're stretchy? Yeah. Yep. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, and it wound up becoming Chaotix. Yes. Yeah. Which was a good game. Mechanic. Yeah, um... It's probably the best game on the 32X. Also... <laughs> Yeah, it was better than the other two. Um, <laughs> Sonic Boom Shattered Crystal <laughs> has sold 620,000 copies in total. And how many times the good Sonic games is that? <laughs> God, I, I sales have, statistics I have, are depressing I, I, garbage. I, I, I have a friend who, um, one of his Patreon goals for his for his LPs and for his streaming was to do an LP of, like he set this stupidly high goal to LP Sonic Boom. <laughs> oh, we should he steal that. He, he hit it. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. I think he's recording it next week. <laughs> That's glorious. That is good times. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog. Hell yes. 
Triple Trouble. Triple Trouble, the, the good Game Gear one. It's quite good. Triple Triad, Sonic, yeah. Sonic, or Knuckles, or Tails. Then who the fuck is that on the cover? Uh, Fang, or Knuckles. Oh, okay, that's amazing. Oh, Knuckles Weasel. He's the bad guy. Crew, yeah. Because Knuckles is a good uh, guy, so Knack they the Weasel, needed another Knack, more different bad guy. Knack, Knack the Weasel is the one who hangs around with Bark the Polar Bear and uh, being the dynamite duck. But not in this game, I don't think. They were kind of no. second stringers. By the way, being the dynamite, uh, you know what he does? You'll never what, guess. What he, can, can you guess what being the dynamite does? Explode? Throws bombs at people. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> not dynamite. Bombs. Bombs. They're not very good at this, are they? Well, maybe. Uh, He's... As, a, as a bit of lore, being the dynamite is actually based on an old Sega Master System franchise of games called, uh, or not, I don't know if it's a franchise, but a game called Dynamite Ducks. So. Which yeah, was a game of a, a, a side-scrolling, side-scrolling, uh, like brawler sort of thing where you played as a duck and you punch things as a duck. Huh? He also threw bombs, didn't he? You, I think you could pick up bombs and throw them, but usually you just pick up rocks and threw them instead. But critically, not dynamite. Still, the the still no dynamite in the dynamite. Definitely ducks. not. I, I'm sorry, I'm still <laughs> stuck on this glorious list of Sonic games because whoever put this together, wonderful angel that they are, has included all these cancelled games, mm. which means that we know that there was a cancelled platform game for the Saturn called Sonic Extreme. Nice. Which is not to be mistaken for Sonic Extreme, which is a cancelled skateboarding video game for the Xbox. (laughs) (laughs) And also not to be confused with Sonic X, which is a tie-in game. Totally different thing. For the Sonic anime. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, And uh, the video games for the Sonic X didn't do very well, but apparently the trading card game... What? There is a Sonic X trading card game. I'm going to eBay. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Kids World gave a positive review praising the ease of learning, low cost and inherent strategy, but also noting it feels like a generic card game with Sonic characters rather than a wholly Sonic product. Kids World... They aren't aren't very familiar with Sonic products in general, are they? Yeah, Sonic World... Kids World, I'm really sorry, but that is Sonic. I'm trying to choose between the joke of, uh, well, that sounds exactly like a Sonic game, or the joke of, so they mean it's good. (laughs) Also, there is, out of Brazil, Sonic after the sequel. Which is... Wait, no, no, that's, that's, that's like, that's like Final Fantasy IV. That's the alternate ending to Sonic 2 where Dr. Robotnik does win, so it's post-apocalyptic, you know, Sonic Hellworld. It is an unofficial yeah. game based on the Sonic Hedgehog series set between the official games 2 and 3 <laughs> by a single Brazilian student, Felipe Danielus, uh, also known as Lake Fenner. Wait a second. Yeah? A sequel to what? It is... Between uh, Sonic 2 and Sonic 3. Okay. So there's no Ann Knuckles. Okay, but it's not. It's not. It's not the thing that's related to the car- to this, like the Saturday morning cartoon, is it? No, it doesn't seem. No, to be. no, no. Okay, no. this appears. Okay, because that's a whole other. Whew. It is, however, the second game that this developer has made because his first game was before the sequel. Of course, is that just the game? And now, is it? A little... Is it that? Isn't before the sequel just the game? <laughs> I was briefly working on a cancel Sonic the Hedgehog RPG based on the Saturday Morning series. What was it bad? Almost definitely. <laughs> In our defense, we never got anything programmed. Oh, because none okay. of us had actually this, this made is, games. This is the thing that exists. It, it's not playable or attainable in any way, shape, or okay. form. Okay. No, no, I mean, the thing that I'm scared of talent discovering exists. Yeah. What are you scared of discovering? There's tie-in games TV show. Oh, yeah. No, no, this is a, this is a fan oh. game. Oh. Uh, well, also, I, you know, just, just to, you know, take a pull on my puppet here, um, the Sat AM characters did appear in Sonic Spinball, mm-hmm. uh, though they, they were the early versions of the Sat AM characters who had weird differences, and, like, this is where Pink Sally comes from, who showed up in the early comics until they decided that they liked the TV version of her better. Huh. Let's go back to talking about things that are embarrassing for other people instead of me. So, how about the fact that Sonic and the Secret Rings only exists because they screwed up porting Sonic 06? Really? Yeah, they were planning on porting Sonic 06 to the to the Wii. Oh god! Oh god! And they couldn't manage it. That explains why it felt rushed. Well, they couldn't. They couldn't. They couldn't manage porting it to the consoles it launched on. Yeah. And so they had half of an engine and a bunch of art assets, and they had about a third of the dev time they'd been allotted. And so they made Sonic and, they and the Secret fifth, Rings. And they had a fifth of vodka. <laughs> yes. That explains so much. Yeah. Um, 
Hence, they, hence the whole thing has a whole bunch of stand-in names, which is why the evil genie you fight is called Eraser Jin. <laughs> so I guess they also had a fifth of Jin. I was hoping you were going to say Steve. <laughs> Steve would not stoop that low. I know Steve. <laughs> Uh, I, I would, however, like to point out that the the um, singing, the vocals in Sonic and the Secret Rings was by Steve Conte, which we is, know Steve, which is startling for me because that's a name I associate with the Ghost in the Shell second gig soundtrack. But really, really, holy shit! Steve Conte is well, the voice of the ending theme of second gig, uh, Inside the Shell. That that's a really good song. That's a really good song. Yoko Fuck. Kano wrote it and he sang it. Fuck. Uh, like, Sonic 06 has a really good soundtrack. Hey, nice! I didn't know that! <laughs> that's, that's, that's the thing. It's actual like, it good, has not, a good soundtrack. Not good like you keep telling me the Sonic Adventure 2 has a good soundtrack. Actual good? <laughs> it's actual good. It's not like All Hail Shadow good. It's actual good. Not like Knuckles rapping. <laughs> it's not Knuckles rapping good, no. So... It's actual good. So... Following the Wikipedia page to Steve Conti to get some double checking, oh, like oh, oh. maybe it was a different Steve Conti who worked with Yoko Kano. No, it's same the same guy. guy. And his his contents page reads like an amazing discography with Michael Monroe, with Steve Conte, with Steve Conte, <laughs> he is Steve Conte, and the Crazy Tooth, with the New York Dolls, with the Contes, with the Crown Jewels, and with Company of Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> With I, Company of Wolves. Steve Conte with Steve Conte is a category in this page. <laughs> okay, this is serious. I just want you to know I've worked out another segment, uh, which is Find Steve. Which is just we, we get a random game, for, possibly from Retro Gaming News, and we dig into the credits to find the Steve. <laughs> Where's Steve? It will be Come a on, Steve. Steve. <laughs> there are three different Sonic Boom games. Yep. Yes. Well, hey, hey, All no, hang suck. on, hang on. That's a good thing because I am fucking sick of people releasing a game for like, uh, mm. you know, PlayStation and and Wii and DS, and they're totally different games, and they call them all the same fucking thing. I get, quit doing that. Yeah, but these all affect one another. I got no problem with that. Like, because like uh, the the Wii U one. Um, in order to get all the upgrades, you need to have the the 3DS one. Oh god, Jeb! I just the copy for Lost World. I played the demo of the 3DS one, and it wasn't shit. Lost World focuses on the efforts of Sonic the Hedgehog to stop the Deadly Six, an alien oh, tribe yes. that serves as the game's main antagonists as they seek to siphon energy from the Lost Hex. The game's setting: Sonic and his longtime sidekick Tails must team up with Doctor Eggman, normally their enemy, to stop the Deadly Six, leading to conflicts amongst the three parties. While the gameplay is typical of the Sonic series in many ways... No, it's not. It adds parkour <laughs> mechanics and features cylindrical level design with an emphasis on yep. alternate pathways. <laughs> also, it's really slow. Why does... Because you, know you know what you want in a Sonic game? You want a game where Sonic doesn't run? Well, Dr. Robotnik replaced his sneakers with special slowdowns. <laughs> With 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 blue shoes, that way he can stick on the stupid fucking <laughs> cylinders. That said, uh, there is also Tails Adventure and Tails Sky Patrol, which that sounds like legitimately fun game. Sky Patrol is they're both Game Gear games. Sky Patrol is a side-scrolling, uh, well, it's a side-scrolling shooter where you're playing Tails flying instead of like a ship or something. Not fair enough. It's cute. It's not very good. Um, Tails Adventure is the one like that is games. one where you like collect like power-ups and stuff, and you can there are like a few alternate paths you can get. Yes, Tails Adventure is fucking awesome. You, yeah. It's it's an adventure game. You are not running around doing platformy shit. You are exploring things and picking up new items to unlock new areas. And you get both the submarine and a little Tails remote control robot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's awesome. This is easily the most underappreciated Sonic game. I would like to just le- read to you the names of the Tails Sky Patrol antagonists. Yeah. Le- There's Karotia, who's a rabbit. Okay, I'm sold. There's Behringer, who's a Tom bear. Behringer. Flying bears? I didn't get that far, but this game is now awesome. There's a wolf called Fox Steve wolf. in the company of wolves. <laughs> Did you say Fox Wolf? Fuck Wolf. Fuck Wolf. Fuck Wolf? Fuck Wolf. That's what you say when you see him flying through the sky. Fuck Wolf. Fuck Wolf. 
fuck all And these fun. are all the servants of an old human witch who rides around in a rail cart. And her name <laughs> is Witch Cart. <laughs> of course it is. And the cart's name is Steve. <laughs> You see, they had to rush production, so there are a lot of placeholder names still in there. (laughs) (laughs) Suspect the reason for this is I don't think Sky Patrol ever got an English release, so I suspect those are all the hyper-literal English names. Oh, Fox, Fox. Want to know the monument? Which cart shows up? Which cart? The Archie. Oh, wow. (laughs) So it's canon, then. I don't think you can blame me for this, frankly, because I stopped reading the Archie comics back when they were... No. Stupid, no, as opposed to now, where they're ridiculous but actually kind of awesome. neat. And I would like to point out that and in Witch Cart sounds like something that would look, have showed up later on in that run. Look, in the Sonic the Hedgehog canon already, Fock Looper. <laughs> Her name is Lupe. Lupe, yeah. Apparently, lots of people were like, oh, oh, this is what sex feelings are. About that oh, character. this is why I'm a furry. Yep. I uh, no. I mean, okay, Lupe's pretty neat and stuff, but everyone who was gonna have their sexual awakening by reading Sonic the Hedgehog comics had already woken up for Sally. Or Bunny. You mean or Bunny Robot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, but but you call her Bunny Robot. What's wrong with you? I'm tired. And after all, I, I'm kind of annoyed that Karotia wasn't like a ninja assassin who choked people to death with the green flexible bit on the end of a carrot. It should just be carrot. Carrot. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. That's been the Download Set Podcast for this week. Until next week, that's been Steve. That's been Steve. And I've been hacked. How do we want to do that then? Do we want to go? I've been hacked. Do you want to go three silly ones, or do we want to go Steve, Steve, Steve? You, we can pop oh, Jeb on the end. Steve, Steve. Okay, let, let, let's, that way it's okay, two jokes works. and they all work. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll pass. Okay, to, do... I'll pass to Fox, Steve, Steve, or fast. Steve, 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 Steve is inside Steve. you. God damn it! <laughs> Steve is calling from inside the house. All right. <laughs>